Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Happy New Year, friends. I am so excited to have you join me for our very first episode of 2023. I know it's been a long time since our last episode aired. Life's been a little busy recovering from the holiday season and transitioning back to work in the new year, but I am so excited to continue this journey together and to share some updates in the coming episodes. Thank you so much for being here. Today's episode features a very special guest, Zoe Whitehead, a lunar light worker who helps her community align their lives with the cosmos. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. We get into a lot of the woo-woo, but we also make it very practical. And I think whether you're really tuned into your spirituality or you're a little bit skeptical, I think you're really going to benefit from this one. In this episode, Zoe shares her work to help empaths protect their light and set boundaries for themselves while resisting their tendency to people fix. We also talk about practices for raising our vibration, what cord cutting means and why it can be so impactful, how to survive the dreaded Mercury retrograde, what we can do during the different lunar cycles to create more intention in our lives, and so much more. I also had the pleasure of joining Zoe on her Instagram live not too long ago, so I'll be sure to link that conversation in the show notes. You'll also be able to see it on my own Instagram feed in the coming days. So be sure to check it out to hear how Zoe and I are both getting in alignment for 2023. All right, my friends, now on to today's conversation. Hi, Zoe. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. Hi, Valerie. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. We have never had a lunar light worker on the show before, and I'm so excited to get to chat with you. Before we dive into today's conversation, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little about you. Sure. So my name's Zoe, Zoe Whitehead, and I'm the founder of Lunar Lightworker. I'm based in the UK, and I live here with my husband, two dogs, and two sons. And I'm a lightworker. I consider myself to be an empathic light worker and you know my passion my mission and my purpose is to help other light workers and other empaths to really start to step into their highest expression of themselves and we do this primarily by aligning with the lunar earth and cosmic cycles I'd love to know for the type of work you do, I think, especially as I've kind of gotten into this journey a little more myself, just how much all of this really shapes our lives and, you know, what's going on in the universe can really impact what's going on here on earth. What led to this journey for you? Were you always into this type of work or what kind of led you down this path? Yeah, that's, I mean, it is a, a one of those questions, isn't it? Because sometimes I think, you know, how come I've ended up here? Because we often and take such convoluted paths don't we in in life but um growing up I, I realized with hindsight now that that I w- obviously I was an empath I am an empath and so highly highly sensitive it wasn't something that anyone really spoke about in the 70s and 80s in in Britain I don't think anyone really knew what that meant and as a teenager growing up and being in, in a really really busy school it was it was really quite challenging and I think obviously for a lot of teenagers it is anyway but I was always kind of onboarding 
getting people's stuff. I didn't realize what was my own stuff and what, what belonged to other people. Very typical kind of empathic struggle, really. And obviously, I didn't know how to protect my energy. I resorted to a lot of kind of people fixing as well. When I look back, I realize now that that's what I was doing because, I, you know, you feel other people's pain and you you kind of want to do something to take it away I really kept myself very small as well I I didn't really I struggled to know who I was and I think that's very much to do with my astrological wounding as well Um, so growing up into kind of adulthood I eventually found myself in teaching because I come from a long line of teachers and in a way I, I still teach but just something totally different Um, So I was teaching in schools and I don't know what it's like for you, you know, where you are and where you grew up, but the schools in England, you know, there's a lot of children that have a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of school refusing because of that. Um, There's a lot of pressure put on children as well, obviously through testing and all these sorts of things. And I became very passionate about helping children. That was really the start of, of my journey into a kind of very different way. Of, of helping and supporting people and I approached the head because at the time I'd done a bit of yoga and meditation courses and I'd also trained in transference healing which is the modality that underpins all of the work that I do so it's kind of taught me to run energy very high frequency pure energy on people so I as I approached the head of, of the school where I worked and I said look would you be interested if if I set up some little nurture groups before schools, you know, before the school started for these children, because there were a real quite a big group of kids that were very anxious. And so I'd come in with my crystals, <laughs> you know, my cards and all this kind of thing. And um, I'd run energy on them. And, and we really saw, you know, amazing results because they really respond, children respond so incredibly well to energy. You know, it's the way they're templated. I feel they're just, they're not questioning, you know, they just kind of soak it up and and they were really really shifting quite rapidly and and I just I got so much pleasure from that but at the same time being in the school I was so stressed out because I was again picking up all the kind of angry stressful negative emotions that that are just oozing out of out of schools you know and it's um yeah it's it was very it's a very stressful job it's a very hard paced job and, and it's just not good I think for empaths and highly sensitive people if you don't know how to protect your energy and so I just left I left within a week I I just thought you know I'm, I'm just it was starting to impact on my physical health as well you know the being in that environment and I was like, oh, I had a bit of a breakdown. I, I just, I remember I just cried for a, a whole week because you, I, I, I always feel our sense of identity or mine was very much wrapped up in what I did as a profession. And I kind of went from knowing I was a teacher to, to nothing. I didn't know where I was going to go or, um, you know, where I was headed with it all. But I just knew that that helping people in that way gave me a lot of pleasure and um, luckily I had my husband who who was supporting us so that was a real blessing at the time and gradually I started setting up women's circles you know just I had women come in into my living room (laughs) as you do um like you know once a week and we'd start talking about lunar cycles I've always had a um I've just 
always loved the moon. I've always had this kind of connection with the moon and the stars. And I started getting interested in the lunar cycles and understanding that she's such a huge cosmic influencer. You know, I'm very connected to nature as well. I get a lot of peace and healing from being out in nature. So I've always been quite kind of seasonally, cyclically living without really realizing it. And, you know, with the energy that was running, it started to kind of become these moon, like lunar cycle kind of groups. Um, I started to do healings and then COVID hit, the pandemic hit, and obviously that all stopped. And that, I think like a lot of us kind of forced me online and that kind of just, it just grew. It just expanded because, you know, there's no boundaries. And I started having a community because I absolutely love that, that community and just talking and teaching about all of these cycles I started to expand my knowledge into cosmic you know cosmology and finding out about how you know like we were just talking weren't we about the mercury retrograde all all the planetary retrogrades the eclipses the solar flare activity all of those things impact upon us That, that that that's what really lights me up um, so I incorporated that and into the teachings that I do and into the membership that I hold. And that kind of became this lunar light worker. That, that, that's where it was birthed from, really. So, yeah. I think that's such an amazing journey. And I do think, you know, I'd never thought about this before, but that, yeah, as a teacher, it has to be so hard if you're also highly sensitive because kids are going through their own thing at the time too. And certainly the pressure of testing and there's bullying, I think is worse than it ever was. And all of the things that we go through at a time where we're still learning how to cope with it and then to be picking up those emotions as an adult. And I think also caring that these, that these kids are experiencing that. I mean, that has to be really a challenge and has to be something that especially if you don't know how to protect that energy can really be something that you end up picking up on in in a difficult way. So I, I do think that that's amazing that you were able to help the students in that way and then kind of take the teaching into a different direction a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I always thought that, you know, I just, I love being around children. I, I have my, obviously we have our own two, two boys and yeah, I love teaching. I know that that's within me, but I always, I always thought I'd work with children. To me, that was a clear path, but it just didn't, it's funny, isn't it, how things unfold and, and we just take a different direction. And, and I understand now that it's, you know, it's it's more to do with light work. But what's interesting is I do have a lot of mothers that come because they want to change the patterning within the family. Um, because that's one thing I did realize is that you can help those children. But if the children don't have the support or the understanding, you know, the bigger picture, the wisdoms of people at home to help them. It's it's really challenging because I feel that I see these children and and I feel that they're te- they're just templated differently. We we I mean I don't know about I think you were a lot younger than me, Valerie, but we I was very much of the generation of you got there, you shut up, and you just get on with it, and that was it. You didn't question you you know and. And it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's good, 
but these children that come along they question and and which is a really good thing and I think the system the education system has kind of got a lot of catch-up to do really there are changes and it's shifting but um you know and I, and I think it doesn't always support the children that are coming through now and this is the thing so I'd really love to see more things like I don't know intuition and 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 you know maybe lunar site lunar living and cyclical living being taught in schools I think that would be amazing if that happened well I think the kids I think children are so naturally intuitive Mm. but they're taught and I think if their parents aren't taught to tap into this themselves they're often taught to kind of question or push down those feelings because I've always considered myself to be highly sensitive as well and I had times where I was being told, no, like you're being hard on this person or you're reading too much into the situation. And 99 out of 100 times I was right. But I, over the years, I think as a child and not to any fault of my parents, but really a lot of adults out there, I think we're very quick to tell children to push down those feelings and to push down that intuition and not read into whatever the case may be. And then as an adult, you're not really trusting that intuition. And I think it's, it it gets to be a lot harder because you're questioning yourself so much. So I think if we are teaching the adults to tap into that, then I think that they'll be more welcoming and hold that space for the children and for the generations to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're all intuitive and and we all have these gifts within us. And and when we really hone into that and really learn to surrender and and really deeply trust, you know, within what we feel within ourselves, it's, you know, we, we become very, very empowered and we you know, we build this sense of inner knowing, don't we? And really get to know ourselves on such a a deeper level. So if we're already teaching our children to do that, that I think it would really be a game changer in so many ways. Definitely. Yeah. Now for you, as you know, you're an empath and highly sensitive. And I'd love to know for those of us tuning in that feel the same way that we pick up on the emotions of the room and maybe take them home with us sometimes. What practices do you recommend for protecting our energy? Yeah, that's such a good question. I I mean, I would always start and I often start with, you know, just really honing in onto our intuition and, you know, developing a self-awareness practice. So really checking in, you know, with it, with yourself, you know, not constantly, but oftentimes checking in with your body, how your body feels, checking in with with really what you're telling yourself as well, you know, that inner narrative, the dialogues, the, the self narrative, just so that you understand what is your stuff and what you're processing so that you understand that the feelings that are coming up for you are your own, uh, as opposed to someone else's, I think is really the first step. So that you know, you you really get you develop a, a discernment. I think discernment is is really key to protection because you you know if it's your own stuff, fine. You're processing. There's ways of dealing with that and navigating and dancing with that. But knowing when other people's stuff is going on, and you're just kind of onboarding it, absorbing it, it becomes really really difficult. Another thing you can start to do is if you notice that you are not in a good space or you are processing something, 
you know, just give yourself grace, give yourself time to, to go through that, that process. You know, I'm a big, big believer in being bounded, self-bounded and saying no to things. If you feel like it's not going to serve you, uh, we all know the people that, who are really, probably really, really very lovely, but kind of have um, a lower frequency to their energy. And when that happens, that really impacts on us and impacts on our own frequency, our own energy, and will lower it if we're not able to protect ourselves. The energy protection, it's not impossible, but it is a mastery in, in itself. So I do lots of things like cord cutting, I run white light on myself. Um, there's loads of things you can do. You can shield yourself as well, vibrationally, to just kind of protect yourself. But I always find that as as you start to master more and you start to understand yourself more on an energetic level, I see everything as energy. You, you know, you know what you are processing. You know what you're picking up from others, and it just it just doesn't affect you in the same ways. I do think that's key: is that self awareness. Yeah, I think self-awareness is huge and it plays such a role in so many areas of our lives and in our overall, I think, life satisfaction when we really are aware of who we are and and that we, I think, know ourselves too. And I think that these are really great practices and I don't know a ton about them. Can you get into a little more detail about that cord cutting and the white light and some of the things that you do? Because I think our listeners would really benefit from some of these as well. Sure. So, sorry, Valerie. I never know how woo-woo I can go. <laughs> I might kind of like breeze over them, but yeah, of course. So the first thing, one of the most powerful practices I would say for this sort of situation is cord cutting, especially when you know, say if you have a close friend who you find you, you're getting very triggered by and you know when your energy is getting impacted, don't you? You feel very dense. You're probably suddenly starting to worry or feel anxious or frustrated. And it's probably because if you cannot attribute to anything to it that's coming from within you, you were just simply absorbing. You're like a sponge. So all you need to do is just take your right hand and just imagine cords like big thick rope that's how I sit between your um, solar plexus so that's the area above the belly button on your body attaching themselves so these cords are running from your body to the other person's body now you don't even need to be in the same room in the same town in the same country you get triggered it, do, it doesn't matter it works on an energy level on an etheric level if you are getting triggered just by thinking about someone then there will be some sort of attachment there an energetic attachment that is depleting your energy so I just get my hand and I just cut through those cords I see it in my mind's eye and I just cut them and the cords cut loose and it's not that you're severing you're severing but you you're not severing the relationship you are severing the energy that's going on between you it's you know it's what we call karma I'm sure you've all heard of that and with especially with like close friends family even with colleagues you know you can it's often the relationships that you don't understand why but there's some sort of weird dynamic going on 
and it just keeps repeating itself. So whenever you feel that and it feels uncomfortable, it's depleting you, it's draining you, you just imagine those ropes, that, that, that energy is ropes connecting both of you and you just slice through them with your hand. It's really powerful. A, a lot of the work that I do when I run energy is through visualization and intent. The biggest block that I see, and I had this with myself, but also with my clients that I work with, because I teach them all of these energy techniques, is that we get in our own way. So we immediately think, oh my God, this is this is a bit weird. Is this really working? Just know that it is. You know, we will have all have been doing these sorts of things as ancients, you know? It's just reclaiming these tools and ancient wisdoms you know just I just kind of I just go for it just go for it and just see it try it and you'll see the more you do it the more powerful it becomes and that I would say is is a really good one for for anyone that's depleting your energy it could also be a situation if there's something that's worrying you that's coming up you've probably got some sort of attachment to it so you could do the same thing and the second one I would definitely recommend is white lighting so you what you could do is you could imagine like a a quartz cluster or a quartz point I think we all know what that is with lots of kind of high frequency white light coming out of it and imagine that quartz cluster or you could even put one by your feet and imagine the white light coming up and you just scoop it up with your hands and just very slowly bring it up your body now as as soon as you set your intent to run energy you know you're running energy here you will feel warmth you'll feel a tingling coming through your hands and you you just you know you you do this with intention to run it into the body white lighting you know the what the frequency of white light sorry is you know it's very transmuting it will transmute negativity and density so if you are if you've been out somewhere and you feel you've been triggered uh you know maybe someone said something to you you're feeling really vulnerable or exposed or upset or whatever do the white lighting as well and that will slowly start to dissipate and transmute the negativity but remember that if you're getting in your head about it and starting to think is this working? It's almost like you block it. You just have to trust in that process. But I think it's just something we have to go through. Um, You know, it's part of that empowerment process and stepping, you know, reclaiming our inner powers. I love that. And I think you're so right. I mean, these are things I think intuitively, we know that visualization, I mean, visualization scientifically has worked for people for so many different things. And we used visualization growing up a little bit and it's something that kind of fell by the wayside for for us like you know as we got older and it's something that as an adult I'm having to remember how much of an impact it had and how much just picturing it has so much more power than we ever give it credit for and I definitely I need to get the course cluster for my own home I think that that would be so cleansing because I definitely pick up so much and I'm around so many people I think in at work and and in the different groups I'm a part of. So I think that definitely having practices like this are just so cleansing for us and so helpful to, yeah, not pick up on the stress and anger and anxiety, whatever it is that will be coming from the people around us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is that 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, Valerie, but when I started with all of this, I always thought if I was getting triggered and if I was going through my challenges and if I was, you know, just like having a massive wobble and that it was like I wasn't really coping and I wasn't really managing. And I, and I used to be really hard on myself, but I've since come to realize that it's just, it's part of that growth journey. It's, you know, we will still continue to get wobbles and obviously, you know it's I do think that that spiritual growth and that spiritual journey is not meant to be easy you're you're meant to have you know you're meant to have the triggers you're meant to feel the jealousy and the comparison (laughs) obviously I still do obviously I get triggered and but it to me what I've noticed for myself and what I have come to see is so important is it doesn't matter how low you fall or how much jealousy you're feeling. It's it's really what you do with it and how quickly you get back to that point of center and balance. That's what's important. You know, I, I don't think we'll ever stop getting triggered because we wouldn't need to be here, would we? We'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, we'd be like the Dalai Lama or something or, you know, he has his triggers. And, you know, it's always about, taking that learning isn't it you know whatever is challenging us and where we feel those triggered it triggers is is still yeah okay I still maybe need to look at that I still have some work around that you know so it's all they're always good indicators aren't they that maybe a little bit more work needs to be done or a little bit more processing or whatever absolutely well, and I think sometimes we take for granted that empathy and the fact that this really is a gift, being highly sensitive, there is so much good that can come out of that too. Talk to me about how we can use those empathic gifts in a positive way in our lives. Mm, I love that, you know, because so many, I, obviously I have, a, I have a community and um, I see sometimes this kind of empathy, is it a gift or a curse? And I always feel that, yeah, okay, we are super, super sensitive, but I think it's something that when we learn to accept that for ourselves and truly understand it, it becomes an incredible gift, you know, especially if you want to have a desire, because I work with a lot of light workers and we we all have this deep desire to be of service through the light that we hold. And I truly believe that to hold light and to hold a space and and maybe to become a healer or, or whatever, you know, we need that sensitivity. We we need to be able to read people emotionally because otherwise there would be a disconnect. You know, I feel that we probably are all empathic to a certain degree, but it's how much we are embracing that. Because I think it, at the beginning, especially if we don't know how to protect ourselves that like we spoke about, it's really painful and it's really challenging for us. And it's, but again, it is part of that growth journey and that empowerment as we start to step more into our gifts and accept them and really start to work with them. We become very, very empowered, very able to help others through that, through that sensitivity. So, yeah. Now, something you mentioned, too, when we were first getting into our conversation was that as highly sensitive people, I think people fixing is something that we can sometimes fall into that trap a little bit. We want everybody to be living their best lives, obviously, and we can feel what they're going through. 
And it can be so tempting to want to fix. Do you have any tips for how we can stop people fixing while still holding that space for the people around us? Yeah, totally. So going back to the cord cutting, that is definitely one technique I would be using because that gives you that slight detachment. As soon as you're feeling emotionally engaged with a situation that concerns someone else, you're you're too involved. You're, it becomes very difficult, doesn't it, when you get caught up in the emotions of something to kind of see, to rise up and see that bigger picture. And it becomes very hard to see um, a way forwards that is for the highest good of all. That's one of my big kind of mottos is I, it's one thing that keeps me really on track with the work that I do. I always ask myself, how is this serving people for the highest good? Is this serving people for the highest good? Or, I, or am I getting too emotionally involved? You know, I mentioned before I had as a mother, I have two sons and one of them, I don't know why, I think we have quite a lot of karma, but I tend to kind of mother him probably a little bit too much. And I, I, I'm a bit overprotective of him. And I have to pull myself back because it just doesn't serve him. It's not serving him if I don't allow him to make those mistakes that he needs to go through. Um, he'll never learn his challenges. You know, he'll never really move forwards with stuff in the way that he needs to. So it's these sorts of questions that I tell myself sometimes if it's really hard, I'll, you know, I'm getting too emotionally involved or too triggered. I'll do my my core cutting. But often I ask myself those bigger questions, you know, the kind of, you know, I rise, I try to rise above and see what's truly going on so that I can have that detachment because I think as humans, we, we, you know, we're here to feel these emotions, but we sometimes get too emotionally invested and it becomes really difficult to see clearly, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm in a family where we're all very close knit and we get overly emotional sometimes over each other's situations that even the person who's dealing with it doesn't feel that strongly about it and doesn't have that level of emotional investment in. And it can hurt us sometimes when we take such a level. And I think we think of detachment in kind of a cold way and it doesn't really need to be like that. I think we can be detached from it, but still have, you know, again, holding the space for the people that we care about and still care without having every fiber of our being attached to the outcome of whatever that person does. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's a really, really powerful point, isn't it? That you can absolutely have compassion, but really coming at it from a um, you know, having compassion, having holding a loving space for that person, but not stopping them making their mistakes is really powerful for that person. Because it really, if you think about it, you're allowing them to respond to life in an empowered way. If you're constantly stopping them from making mistakes, they're never going to learn. And they're never going to grow as hard as it is. And it's, it's really hard as a mother to watch that and to watch your child going through these challenges. But 
you know, I, I always know that, that really I, I have to take that step back. I'll tell you a little story about my youngest. He came out when he was 11, but not only did he come out, which is absolutely fine, you know, we, um, but he, he'd started this huge secondary school and he he likes to cross-dress. Uh, sorry if that's not the right term. I'm not really sure what it what is the right term. But So he wanted to go to school in a skirt with makeup. And I thought, oh my God, he's going to get... <laughs> He's going to get beaten up. He's got, you know, because it was a real kind of rough school that he goes to. And But I said to my husband, he's got to do it because he's he's got it in him. He's got this desire. And, and so it was really tough. And, you know, I could see him and he got this, we got him a skirt. And he, um, and he was like, really? And we could see he was like, he'd gone to go out with his brother and he looked really embarrassed. And I said, look, you've got to own that skirt. If you do not own that skirt and say, look, this is who I am, you're going to have all sorts of problems. And he went to school and he got loads of comments. And But he didn't, you know, that that was as far as it went. And he did it and he did it times he he still wears his makeup but he you know he the skirt I don't know he doesn't seem to be doing that so much but you know it's him and that's fine but this is what I mean it's your natural instinct is to protect because you feel their embarrassment or whatever you're worried about them and it's their journey and it's as hard as it is you you have to always see that bigger picture if he hadn't have learned to hold himself in that he would have had that, you know, further down the line as an adult with probably a heap of problems along with that as well. You know, and it's not easy. Um, it's not easy for us, is it? But we, that's part of the growth process. So I think that's kind of something that's, that really helps me. Um, when I feel myself trying to overprotect, I, I, I kind of try and I don't always manage it, but I try and rise above and just have a bit, a bit of that detachment there. Well, I think that's such a beautiful story. And I do think for parents, it has to be such a challenge when you are coming at it from that place of compassion and you're more worried about the impact of something for your child. And I think it's so beautiful that you were able to instead, you know, when he was having his doubts, like after he'd made the decision to do it and then feeling, you know, a little nervous, scared to do it, that you encouraged like, hey, this is, you know, to own it, to be the person that you are. Because I think when we are showing who we are deep down, I think that's really scary too. And that vulnerability. And so to just be still showing that compassion and holding that space for him, that he did become more comfortable to continue with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad we did. And it it was hard. But yeah, I'm just so glad we did. And, and, and that's a really good point as well is that uniqueness you know that that's I think where we discover that true gold is where we do allow ourselves and maybe allow our children to completely explore themselves and you know have that acceptance around it you know having having that sense of uniqueness is is for me again a part of our empowerment when we really truly know who we are and can be more comfortable in who we are that's really powerful right that's really magnetizing I think absolutely I mean when you're in the situations where you're doing what you love you feel like you can be authentically yourself you're around people that you 
feel comfortable to to share that way. I mean, there is such a beauty in that and such a power in that. So when you're working with your clients or really with anyone, you know, as light workers, what tips do you have for those who maybe have had to dim that light in the past? What do we do to step into our own light? Gosh, that's such a that's such a good question, Valerie. It's like one of those <laughs> Yeah, one of those big questions, but yeah, there's so I for me, there's so many things that weave into it. And I think for me, the, if I was really honest with myself, the biggest game changer for me has been doing that daily or regular inner work, you know, just connecting in with myself every day, really starting to get to know myself, um, you know, know what I'm telling myself, you know, really delving in deep to that inner talk, the inner narrative. Um, I do a lot of um, envisioning and, I, and you know, I, I, I work a lot with energy within myself to expand my light. You know, I know that I'm expanding. I have certain techniques that I do to use that um, so that I, I can always feel it at any given moment. I'm not one for, and I'm not saying it's a bad, you know, I'm not disrespecting it, but I'm not one for sitting down and doing a big meditation. I don't meditate per se. It's more like I check in with myself. I go within throughout the day and just kind of find that point of balance. And it just doing that enables me to kind of check in whenever I need to with my higher self. Journaling is another thing that I would definitely, definitely recommend. It's such a clarifying tool you know you I often sit down most days with my journal I just channel you know I just write down whatever comes up for me um a lot of my content comes from those times where I'm journaling as well it's just coming from soul you know it's just another way for me to connect with him but by doing that I've I really I've re- really felt a shift within myself since I really made that commitment with myself to do these kind of what I call goddess practices daily or regularly and I've seen a big difference in the way my lights expanded and obviously I mentioned at the beginning that I follow the cycles I'm you know I follow the lunar cycles and um, the cosmic cycle so I know how my light is getting impacted as well and I try and harness the power periods to expand more of my light as well um, so it's just kind of key practices that I have that have really changed things for me I feel I love that. I think the the journaling and the checking in are so powerful for that self-awareness that we were talking about. And as empaths, we hold space for so many people, but we don't always hold that space for ourselves. And it gives us that opportunity to do that. But I also really love what you do with the with the lunar and cosmic cycles too. And I'd love to know what your practices look like surrounding, especially the lunar cycles, because those are obviously, you know, we're experiencing those on a month to month basis, but what, what those look like and yeah, how, how you're, how you're harnessing that. Yeah. So actually I forgot to say as well, just, you know, sitting with whatever comes up and just, that's another thing that kind of ties in with what I'm about to say, but just, you know, when things come up, things will come up and rise up and it's not about saying, oh God, you know, I'm not, you know, I've got all this stuff coming up and I'm taking a step back, but just honoring that space and just allowing those things to rise 
and just being okay with the discomfort because it can feel really crappy, got it, when you're sitting with your staff. And um, so that's been another powerful practice. But I see that rising at particular times in the lunar cycle, for example. So yeah, you're totally right. It, you know, it's about 28 day cycle. And obviously, if you're really into it, you could align your feminine, your female cycle with that. And this is what the ancients would do so that you're not getting so many different influences. Otherwise, it's really hard to know what's going on if you think about it, because you've got your own powerful hormonal cycle. And if it's out of sync with the lunar cycle, then it's really kind of tricky to know what's impacting you. There's so much energy at play, but that's one thing you could do. But the main focus for us as lunar light workers is to look at, to know, sorry, when the full moon is and the new moon. With the, there are, I think there are eight cycles to, or sorry, eight phases to the moon cycle, but we really look at four. And the two main ones, the most potent times of the full moon, which interestingly enough, at the time of recording this, we are in, and the new moon. And what you can do already, just start simply, is maybe getting them. You, a lot of phone calendars now have will tell you when the cycles of the moon are. So you could already align in that way, pay attention, and look at the moon, moon babe, do stuff like that. Um, but at the new moon, what we tend to do is we tend to set our intentions for the three, four weeks ahead. Um, because at that time, new cycle, new moon represents new beginnings. So it could be something you journal about. We use um, soul questing within the membership. So I, I, there's um, a soul quest that I provide with really poignant questions about the energy that's coming. And I ask questions all about what, you know, the energy and the way we're going to get impacted. So I ask questions to do with that, for example. But just simply journaling would really help. Um, maybe you want to write them down, the kind of the, the desires, your intentions, something that you're working on specifically pop it on a on a post-it note you could burn it you could bury it you you know everyone everyone does it differently put it under a crystal maybe light a little candle each time with just remembering you know remembering your intention every day something like that and then when the full moon hits that's when you have the most light is we, we equate it to the summer season um where you have the most energy and you're you know this is where you're really bringing into fruition your desires um it's a very amplifying time it's a you know the veils are thin so you're getting a lot of downloads a lot of information it's also a time of celebration because you're looking back over what you've achieved so far with this new lunar cycle. You know, you're celebrating, you're reflecting, and then you move through, the moon starts waning. So you're kind of shedding, you're looking at, you know, depending on how much you've achieved over that kind of short period of time will be how you will be feeling. The shedding, the more autumnal part of the lunar cycle, you're letting go of any negativity whatever around that and then you get to your winter which is the dark moon phase so this is all over about two three weeks right this is when you have the least amount of light a lot of people feel very insecure and it equates to the pmt phase of your period if you're aligned then so you're feeling a bit insecure and you're you know, all of those uncomfortable feelings rise again for you. So you, you're sitting with them to just allow them to dissipate. And then you start the new cycle again with the new moon. And if you if your period is in sync, it's your new cycle. 
um so it start you know and so on so it just goes on and on like that cycles within cycles but kind of the more for me it's never been like one thing but again lots of little different things like paying more attention to the moon sleeping with the curtains open putting my crystals out over the full moons and you know so they can recharge just little things making moon water you know um, all of those little things will help you to connect more to her light and you'll start to see little shifts within you. A really good, um, I mean, I have teenage boys, so my God, at the full moon, the testosterone rises. That's a well-known fact. Hospitals always record higher rates of accidents and crime as well increases. And this is kind of lunatic thing, isn't there? You know, in lots of literature, they talk about the werewolf and the lunatic because we do get over the full minutes of real power period testosterone rises my kids are just like horrendous like they're really horrible at that time you know the, and it's just it's also knowing it's also okay it's gonna last for two three days and then it will ebb I can get through this so just by knowing these phases and the same for the cosmic calendar it just really helps us. But the next step, like I said, would be to use it for manifestation purposes, visualization, you know, for new beginnings, new moon, you start to visualize your desires. And do you see what I mean? So there's, there's layers to it, you know, initially, it would be connecting, aligning, and then you can really start to harness, you know, when you understand because we, we, I'm constantly connecting um, my members to, you know, I'll tell them all there's like, for example, we've got Mars that's really close at the moment. So it's bringing through a lot of aggressive energy. So I'm constantly saying, can you feel that energy? Can you, what's going on for you? And they're like, oh gosh, yeah, I can feel that. You know, so it's, we're, I'm always creating those connections for them and they're starting to see it. You know, they're starting to feel it for themselves. So it's a really beautiful you know, it's a beautiful way to live when you really understand how we're getting impacted by all this energy. Um, I just love it. It really lights me up. I think that's so cool. And I'm sure as a former teacher that you probably experienced, you know, you could tell it was the full moon without seeing it because of, I think I've heard, I've heard this from teachers. I've heard it from first responders too, the, the accidents, but also the interesting behaviors that come out. And I always, I, I now have the, the moon phases in my phone as well, but I would find like, I'd be getting road rage and there would be people doing just crazy things on the road. And then I'd look at my, I, I'd go online and I'd look, is it a full moon? And it always was anytime it was like that many things happening at once. And, but I think it was almost a comfort in a sense that some of these, like to understand that this is when this is going to happen and things are going to be a little different. The energetics are going to be a little different. And I think also having even the, the full moon and the new moon kind of using those as anchors in our month to be refocusing and aligning with with what's going to be serving us. Yeah, it's it's really I just feel it's really it feels really goddessy to me, like really kind of divine feminine. And it just feels really flowy to be aligning like that and living. It's cyclical living. I think there's a, a beauty and a simplicity and a purity within that. And I think by having that, I call it information wisdom, you know, knowing the cycles and understanding how they impact 
impact, it, it kind of gives you a certain detachment as well, because, you know, you already think like you, you are already naturally doing that. You're saying, oh, okay, it's full moon. And it, it just, do you know what I mean? It just, you understand it on a different level and it it just helps you see that bigger picture this that's a big thing for me seeing the bigger picture for me as well the the cosmological knowledge and the wisdoms it it, it makes me expansive I feel expansive when I think about the planets and when I understand a little bit more because there's so much you could be I think we're lifelong learners aren't we but just understanding all of that and and following all, all the different act celestial activations and I just feel I feel like I'm kind of part of the planet but but there's so much more to me as well because we are we're we're kind of like from the stars aren't we you know feel that connection I think yeah it makes me feel very otherworldly and I think it reminds us of how vast the universe is that it's not just earth but it's not even our solar system there's just so much Mm -hmm. in the universe that's out there that we are still a part of no matter how small a part of that we are and I think that connectedness is really beautiful too and you know something else so when when this episode airs we are getting into everybody's favorite time which is a mercury retrograde I know that that can be even more triggering for a lot of people than even the full moon and it goes on for a lot longer as well I'd love to know for our listeners that don't know about the mercury retrograde just a little bit about what that is and how it affects us and then how we especially those of us I think that are empaths but really all of us how we can survive that period and come out of it the other side in a in a better way. I love that, Valerie. Yeah, it was, so it's um, it always makes me smile. Mercury retrograde, and I always have to, however frustrating it is, because it really impacts on our our connections, doesn't it? Our internet connection, our devices, our electrical devices, our cars, our you know all of those sorts of things. Mercury retrogrades. I was saying at the beginning, I thought it was the only planet that retrogrades because it's the only one we seem to hear about but the reason for that is it it's a fast mover so it retrogrades three to four times a year whereas other planets take a lot longer to move so that's why we hear about it a lot more so I don't think it's it's powerful as all retrogrades are but I don't I don't I wonder if it's any more powerful than the others it's just you know it comes into our consciousness a lot more I think that's the thing and the way that it impacts on us and as all planet all the retrogrades do what it does is it supports us and it also highlights what needs to shift that's what it's doing so I always however frustrated I get I try and remind myself that in fact I'm getting supported and it's just highlighting where I might need to make shifts so Mercury obviously is ruler of our communication our relationships in the way that we connect with each other in the way that we communicate with each other but obviously it includes all kind of internet all that kind of thing as well and because I believe I might be wrong, but I think it has a lot of electromagnetic energy. 
that's why it impacts on electrical devices. But I'm not 100% sure. That's just me filling in the pieces. So the best way to, well, for me, like I said, is to really understand on a deeper level what's really going on. I would be very, say it's it kind of pushes you when we're in these periods of it. And it's about four to six weeks, I think it retrogrades, but it always has a, a pre-shadow phase. So on the 29th, I think it is of December, we're just starting it. So it's not super active, but you're already getting little themes that will be surfacing. Then we get into the active phase and that's phase. And that's really when the, the poop hits the fan, as it were. And then you get into the post shadow. So you're just kind of completing and clearing up. So what you'll find is you'll probably want to have conversations that you've been avoiding with others. Or I often find this with my husband. It's something I've noticed is that we just, we just don't understand each other. Like he'll just be talking and it's like, I can't, or I'll be talking and I feel like he's not really listening to me. And I, and it really frustrates me. But what's happening is it's highlighting where maybe we're not being clear enough or we're not being completely in our truth or we're not, we think we're we're fully connected with what we're feeling, but, but maybe we're not. Do you see what I mean? So really it's just highlighting where things need to change a bit. So so what I'm saying is just go carefully. <laughs> You're getting frustrated on you. You feel like you need, absolutely need to speak your truth. Just remember that they're going to be feeling maybe a little bit raw and they're not going to take it in the best way because, it, you know, conversations get quite challenging at that time because it's, you know, or, or maybe not, you know, maybe they'll improve. But it's just helping you to kind of practice a new way of being. So it's all good, essentially and ultimately, but it's it's really challenging because it pushes you in the ways that you don't always want to be pushed. So yeah, it's like an over, it, it spotlights where things need to kind of shift or improve or, you know, so if you see it like that, that's more positive, you know, and I'll be wary of things like contracts, you know, maybe not sign contracts right in that period, you know, all sorts of things like that, because you might not be reading it right or reading it in the wrong way or interpreting it in the wrong way. It's all of those things that go on at that time. So it can make it really quite challenging for us if, because if you imagine you don't have any knowledge of that, that's really difficult to navigate, isn't it? Yeah, I think that that I think it's so true. Like, I mean, when it comes to the um, to the contracts, a hundred percent too. But yeah, I just feel like so often that those times of the year, that's really when like a lot of those misunderstandings take place. As we were talking before we hit record, even just the interview platform that I use going through a major change during a retrograde. And that's the time where I think we just have to be really careful and back up your files and save everything multiple times. And But we can survive it. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just gives me heart, you know, to, it's like with the lunar phases, I know that it's temporary. And this is where the wisdom comes in. If you understand these cycles and, you know, the way they impact, because obviously all the planets have different properties that will impact you in different ways in the ways that they spotlight what's not quite right and so help you to shift them so that you can move forwards in in a better way it's always about growth always about growth but and once you understand that you can start to harness those periods a lot better and navigate them a lot better 
I love that. And I think, you know, we talked about like how woo woo can we get, but I really do think that this is just one more modality that we can use. It's one more tool for our tool belt to protect our energy and to improve our lives. And I think having this understanding and being able to Again, use, using the moon phases to anchor what we're doing and to create that structure sometimes and give ourselves that space to be manifesting versus maybe figuring out what no longer serves us or taking that time to celebrate. I think that there's so much beauty in it and just it gives us that better sense of connection to ourselves. So I really love everything that you're doing and the practices that you've taught us about today as well. Before we dive into a little bit more about what you do and how our listeners can connect with you, I have some rapid fire questions I'd love to ask you as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, my first question for you, what is your top wellness tip? I w- at the moment, I'm big on uh, the power of intention and being self-bounded. Yeah, I think that has such a role in our overall health and wellness. And I'm someone that struggles with the boundaries sometimes. Mm-hmm. And at the times when I really do, I can see it in so many areas of my life. So I think that's a great tip. Um, my next one for you, what is your favorite travel destination? Oh, well, I have a French lineage, a strong French lineage. My mum was French, so I absolutely love France. And we go there a lot as a family. So yeah, yeah, that's my favorite place. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love France. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? An eagle. Well, or a a bird of prey. I was thinking about this. A bird of prey because it absolutely encapsulates that. You know, I talk a lot about the bigger picture, you know, just rising above and seeing that bigger picture. I always felt that would be amazing to to have that vision. So, yeah, probably an eagle. I love that. And you're kind of above it, too. And you get to, yeah, just that perspective. You really Mm. get to see it. I love that. If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Uh, well, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I, I do think I'm going to do something about it, hopefully next year. <laughs> but it would be um, astrology, interestingly enough, because it enters, the, I think it would be a really beautiful kind of complement to the cosmology, um, you know, because obviously, you know, with the constellations and the, the moon cycles moving through the constellations, I'd just like to deepen my knowledge on astrology, not in in terms of becoming an astrologer but just adding that to to my knowledge I guess you know just deepening my knowledge around that but yeah that would be my next that would be my next skill I think and that's awesome and it, I mean that's very complimentary to what you're doing too I think yeah yeah it just deepens that understanding mm. a bit further mm. yeah definitely that's what I feel yeah yeah, I love that. Um, my final rapid fire question for you, what is next on your bucket list? Oh, it would be to go to Iceland. I'd love, just love to go. I've discovered recently open water swimming. It's really trendy here. Well, I say recently, I've been doing it for about a year and a half. And it's absolutely freezing cold in the UK. But I'd really like to go in the geysers. And, and it just looks so beautiful. Um, I'd love to go and see the Northern Lights. And I just, I think I'd really resonate. It's very volcanic, isn't it? So yeah, really, really drawn to Iceland at the moment. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. I'm dying to go. Mm. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful place. And I hope you get to go soon. Thank you. Will you too? (laughs) Yes, thank you. 
Well, Zoe, this has been fantastic. I've learned so much from our conversation. I'm so excited to continue our connection. And before I let you go, tell our listeners a little bit about what you offer through your membership and how they can find you and connect with you. Thank you, Valerie. So we have a membership, which is actually at the time of recording is opening in January of 2023. We open up a couple of times or three times a year. And it's basically for empaths and empathic light workers that you know, really want to step into the highest expression of themselves and want somewhere like a high frequency space where they can come hang out. It's a powerful sisterhood. And, you know, obviously, we we look at the moon cycles, we follow those very closely, all the cosmological happenings, how they impact on us. There's kind of higher sacred teachings and healings that I run regularly. And we do rituals, moon rituals, all of those sorts of witchy things that I love. And probably the best place to kind of hang out is on Instagram. So you can find out all about the membership and the other kind of coaching that I offer. Um, so that's at Luna Lightworker. Wonderful. I'm going to make sure to link that in the show notes and listeners definitely connect with Zoe. I think she has so many great things that she offers and tell us about your podcast as well. Oh yeah. So that's kind of, um, I go solo at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. it's just me. I, it's very new. So it's cause I just love, I love teaching. So it's, it's a little bit about what I like to do. It's, but you're probably the same Valerie. I, I look at anything that's really come up into my consciousness, maybe something I've struggled with or, you know, something that's going on celestially, maybe there's eclipse season or whatever. And I just chat about it and just talk about how it impacts us, the learning that I got from whatever I was going through. And it's it's just kind of 15 minutes of, of me really, just snippets, like bite sizes of, of my consciousness and, and, you know, just about my cyclical living and, and how I approach life. And so if you're if you're interested in in anything that I've been talking about, that's the sort of thing that I talk about. It's very kind of like raw and vulnerable, but it's it's uplifting as well in that it's you know I share how I've approached something or the learning that I get from things. So I think that's really important to share those sorts of things. Um, and especially the upcoming, yeah, the upcoming, you know, what what's going on energetically, what's going on in the cosmos as well, and how that's impacting on us. So I share a little bit on that as well. So yeah, I love that. I cannot wait to get to air this episode. So our listeners can really learn more, especially preparing for a new year. I think that so many of the practices you've shared have really I I think that they're really powerful. And I think those are actually very practical for us to, you know, incorporate into our lives and see, especially for those of us who are highly sensitive, how we can really use those to not take on too much of the energy around us, but still use our gifts and still be compassionate people. So I'm so inspired by everything that you do. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Well, thank you for connecting as well. You know, I've loved it. I've loved all your questions. And it's, I've really had, I can't believe the time's gone so quickly. It's just blown by. I'm like, what? We've been on. Um, So that I've just loved it. Thank you, Valerie. Such a beautiful energy I've really enjoyed this and I can't wait to have you over at Lunar Lightworker which is soon isn't it yes yes and when that airs too I'll make sure to to link that on the show as well because I'd love for listeners to pop over and get to hear it Mm, that would be lovely yeah thank you 
I really loved this conversation and I found it so meaningful, not only because it's a Mercury retrograde and I think we need the extra guidance right now, but I also found that it would be helpful for the beginning of a new year. I think boundary setting and cord cutting are two practices that are so important for us in protecting our energy. And while these are things you can do really at any time of the year, a new year really does provide us with a clean slate to do just that. I think paying attention to the moon phases and what's happening in the universe is really magical as well, whether you believe in it or not. Just to quote one of my favorite movies, Sabrina, with Audrey Hepburn, it makes me feel like I'm in the world and of the world when I choose to live my life in that way. And I just think these practices are great anchors in the month for figuring out how aligned our actions are with what it is we truly want and for manifesting and letting go where we need to. So I found Zoe to be absolutely amazing and I'm so glad that we've connected. I have linked her information in the show notes so that you can connect with her and learn more about her work. As always, I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of this amazing community, whether you're brand new here or a longtime listener of the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to explore in the future, I would love it if you reached out to me on Instagram at wellness and wanderlust blog or by email at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E at wellnessandwanderlust.net. One of the best ways to lend your support to the show is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that others know what you think of the show. It takes just a few minutes out of your day, and as I say from week to week, it makes a difference for podcasters everywhere when you take that time to leave that rating and review. I hope you all have a fabulous day. I hope you're having a great start to 2023, and we'll see you soon.